Greg Reed has supplied our sound system for this evening. And just by the way, if you all, he is a fabulous musician and he's playing here on, let's see, the 24th, next Friday. And it's a lot of fun if you're looking for another Windy Saddle event to come down and see him. He'll be starting, does anyone know what time he'll be starting? 6 p.m. Um, and let's see, I want everyone to know that we have beer mugs. They're in these handy boxes that say Golden Beer Talks if you want a souvenir to take home with you. I personally, I think we have about 30 in our house, which, <laughs> and we love them. We use them for everything. They actually make good parfait glasses if you're not in the mood for beer. Um, and then, let's see, I also wanted to mention that on the table you'll see a sign-up form. If you're not on our email list, that's a great way to find out about upcoming talks, so just add your email um, to that, and we'll be sure to keep you informed. Likewise, there are some cards on the table. Does someone, someone find the card, the speaker suggestion card, and hold it up? There we go. Yeah. So um, we're always looking for more speakers. If you have a person's name that you'd like to recommend, and make sure you give us your contact information, too, because that makes it easier to get in touch with the recommended speaker please be sure to, um, to fill that out. And with that, I would like to introduce our, um, our beer ambassador, actually, Pro -tem. Pro Tem, yes, our beer ambassador, Pro Tem, who also is our technology person this evening and has pulled this whole thing together for us with the slideshow. So here's Barb. Thank you. As you know, my husband usually comes and gives you a learned talk on the nature of the beer that we're drinking tonight. And I told him I just couldn't stand here and try and describe the beer in front of the brewmaster. It was just going to be too embarrassing. I will just say we're having Evolution IPA and Golden Summer Ale. But um, in my capacity as a news broadcaster for Golden.com, I thought I'd give you a little news about what's going on with the different breweries. And... Um, I stopped by Cannonball Creek this afternoon, and they want you to know that they're putting out a series of lower alcohol beers this summer, suitable for drinking during the day and while you're in the middle of a bike ride or something like that. So they're going to be kind of featuring those this summer. Got an email from uh, Barrels and Bottles this morning. They have been working with State 38 Distillery, which is also here in Golden, and they occasionally get one of their used um, oak barrels uh, because they use those only one time in making agave gin in this case. And uh, so they made one batch with one of their barrels, and they are just about to start another batch made out of a, an agave gin barrel. And they'll let you know when that's ready. And uh, Coors is having a merchandise warehouse sale next week over in their parking lot. Um, they did this last year, and they just kind of cleared out their warehouse, and they had a lot of really cheap stuff that had Coors branding on it. This year, they're doing exclusively Coors Light stuff. So if you like their beer or their logo, um, next Tuesday and Wednesday, there's going to be a big tent sale going on in the, um, in the parking lot over at Coors. Um, Mountain Toad, I, stopped, I was going to stop by there this afternoon to find out what's new. It's too darn crowded, and I can say that the news from Mountain Toad is parking is still really tight there. <laughs> and uh, the news from Golden City Brewery is, well, here we go. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Whitney is up next. 
Hello, everyone. Our guests this evening are part of a group of folks engaged together in starting a brewery in the village of Titwan, Nepal. As the proprietors of Golden City Brewery and Sherpa Restaurant, respectively, Charlie Sturdivant and Lakpa Sherpa represent a uniquely qualified team for such a venture. Their creative project has generated many fascinating adventures and teachings, some of which they will share with us this evening. Come on up, you guys. Hello, good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming to the Golden Beer Talk, uh, and thank you for uh, letting us um, share our experience with you guys. Um, first of all, I would like to introduce myself. Um, my name is Lakpa Sherpa. I was born and raised in Nepal, in, at the bottom of Mount Everest in Nepal. And uh, in 1996, I met a golden couple, uh, Elliot Brown and Wanda Blackburn. And, uh, <clears throat> and they're in the house. Um, they sponsored me coming to this country and they helped me going through my college. I'm really thankful to them and uh, it had greatly impacted in a great way in my family. Um, and, uh, and the part of the reason I'm still in Golden is because they're right here in Golden and I didn't move away from Golden and I lived in Golden since 1996. And uh, I went to school in Red Rocks Community College and after that I went to Metropolitan State College and I started uh, Sherpa Landscaping in 2005 and, uh, and Sherpa House Restaurant in 2009. And uh, um, in 2011, I initiated a, a non-profit project in Nepal called Hike for Help. Uh, basically, is taking volunteers from here and working on a trail digging projects uh, and other local projects. And during that project, uh, me and my brother in Nepal found that uh, a brewery, a microbrewery, would be great in the Kumbu region, in the Mount Everest area of Nepal. And uh, we initiated the idea in 2011, and uh, we we basically started working on the paperwork and stuff like that. Uh, it uh, in 2012, uh, we got done our licensing and uh, all the local paperwork and stuff like that, and. Uh, in 2013 and 14, it took two years to uh, actually uh, do the construction. And uh, in 2015, this year, we're finally in the production uh, phase. Uh, and uh, we just did our last uh, packaging and canning two weeks ago. And uh, right now, we're in the process of launching the beer in the country. And... Uh, I'm very grateful that I have a uh, um, beer expertise uh, from Golden City Brewery. Uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie and Janine uh, are the expert, uh, and that that made this happen. And I'm also great, uh, very thankful for Elliot and Wanda uh, that you know supported me to and came to here. Um, so basically, um, basically uh, the idea of the, the microbrewery in the country was that. Uh, my brother in the mountain had a bar and he would uh, import all the beer from Kathmandu and from India and during the trekking and expedition season we would have like uh, lots of and lots of beer imported from Kathmandu and uh, that made me think that uh, what if this is something that we can produce here um, 
That way the money would stay locally and uh, the local people would get uh, uh, benefit by getting their employment and other opportunities. And so that, that's how the microbrewery concept came uh, in my, my mind. But uh, uh, there is no such thing as microbrewery in Nepal. It's like uh, you either open a big brewery or you don't, have, you don't open a small brewery. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like uh, and so that was one of the challenges was the project. Uh, we initially started as a small-scale project, small-scale microbrewery. But then uh, uh, they don't grant a license for a small brewery. Uh, and uh, they would, mm, the Nepalese government says that it would have to be uh, 50,000 hectoliter of uh, uh, production capacity per year. And so we made a negotiation with the government saying that we will start out as a smaller capacity and will grow at the time, uh, over the time, and then we'll meet that uh, 50,000 hectoliter over the period of uh, 10 years, 15 years. And that's how we got uh, granted the license. And uh, originally our idea was to open a microbrewery in the mountain, but it, there was lots of challenge. We have to build our own hydro plant, hydropower plant, and we had to build our own road, and we had to, everything had to be carried over a helicopter or plane to Lukla, and that uh, was uh, basically impossible. But a uh, uh, good thing was that my father had owned uh, like a, uh, about 10 acres of land in the, in the mountain, and in, uh, the, one of the requirements for getting a brewery license in Nepal is like you have to have like uh, five acres of land in order to get the license. And it cannot be in the metropolitan area. It cannot be next to the school. It cannot be next to the church. It cannot be next to the temple. So uh, luckily, we had that land uh, in my village, and we got uh, the license granted by Nepalese government. And then later, we found all this logistic challenge in the mountain, and then we had to relocate the uh, brewery, uh, which is just a few hours south of Kathmandu, which is very close to the Indian border, uh, very close to the highway that goes east-west. And so we had to relocate our brewery uh, in Chitawan, uh, there is, and, uh, uh, and so uh, we started looking for the land uh, in 2012, no, in 13, and we found the land in 2013. My family back in Nepal worked very hard to find this piece of land uh, because it cannot be, the zoning law was pretty strict, and, and, and five acres of land is a pretty, pretty big land. And so we basically were very happy and very lucky to find this piece of land in Chiruan. And so therefore, uh, we started the construction in January 1st, uh, 2014. Uh, when we got there, there was just an empty ground, like big jungle, and, and we had a lot of projects to start. You know? so, so basically, uh, it took one year to build uh, the brewery, and, then we, uh, uh, and we, had, uh, uh, we had to buy all the equipment in India and some from China. And uh, the canning machine went from Colorado. And so um, it was basically a lot of challenge to establish a big uh, brewery over there. And so um, even though we are in the microbrewery level, on the microbrewery scale now, and so we plan to grow. And uh, we introduced the first uh, craft beer in the country, in Nepal. Uh, it's, it's, yes. And yeah, it was uh, Charlie's decision that we would uh, do very well with the Kolch beer. 
because after Charlie being uh, visited the country and tasted the beer that's available there, and we didn't want to jump too high like IPA or stout, something like that, but Charlie thought it would be just a very gentle uh, step up uh, to a pulch. We, uh, and, and so uh, we, have, we have produced uh, the colch, and then, uh, very soon, within a week or two, we'll be out in the market uh, in Nepal. And uh, I'm very grateful for uh, Charlie, Janine, and Elliot Wanda, and my other partners, uh, Alex, and my brothers. We have worked really hard to become this uh, first craft beer in the country. It's actually probably the first craft beer in the Southeast Asian country. Uh, and uh, and so, um, uh, but throughout the project, we had a lot of uh, difficulties. You know, in Nepal is a developing country. It's uh, a lot of logistic problems and contractor, the working ethics, the the tools, and then uh, the electricity problems. We had lots of lots of uh, challenges, uh, and. Uh, uh, we realize that there are, there are lots of challenges still to date, and uh, we believe where there is a challenge, there is an opportunity. So um, we are, are very very happy for, so far, and we'll see how the market goes the first couple of years, and uh, uh, and Charlie uh, will be talking about his experience uh, to Nepal, uh, working in the Nepal. He was there for four or five months uh, trying to put together all the equipment together. He faced, uh, we, we all faced a lot of challenges there, working with the local contractors, not having the right tools. And so, uh, uh, so Charlie will uh, share his experience uh, with you guys, and uh, I will answer any questions uh, you guys might have. We'll wait on that for the Q&A. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the question and answer uh, in a little bit later. Thank you very much for coming, guys. <laughs> Okay, can everybody hear me? I'm used to talking to uh, Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts, so I've, I've, I have an indoor voice that actually projects fairly well if it needs to be done that way. Um, yeah, Lakpa, we met a long time ago. What, you've been uh, doing Sherpa House for five years? Six, seven years. Seven years. And uh, he'd come over to the brewery and pester us. And uh, we didn't have beer to, to spare, but uh, he wanted us on tap, so he'd come over and buy the beer as a private customer and take it back and put it on tap. <laughs> and then he'd, uh, he'd come over and, and watch us brew and learned how to brew a little bit and, and then talked me into uh, helping out with his project. And uh, before long, he talked my wife into it too, and, and pretty soon we were investing with him. And uh, so... It, this, uh, you know, long about June, we were supposed to have a brewery together and ready to commission, but everything gets postponed. Uh, there's, there's a lot of delays. Oh, yeah, we've got my slides up here now. Uh, a lot of delays going on in this country, uh, mainly festivals and celebrations, and, and when those occur, people don't work. And uh, I, I found that pretty aggravating. Uh, a lot of, because, you know, we, we work through everything here in America. And, uh, you know, I, I suffered a little bit of stress over there because things weren't progressing the way I wanted them to progress. And so it dragged out and took a lot longer. Uh, and it probably all started with the uh, first shipment of tanks that we got uh, from India. And uh, they were garbage. Uh, they would not 
possibly ever brew a beer. They had lousy welds, and uh, I, I wasn't thinking I was going to get off on this tangent, but I'm here now, so. <laughs> so um, I, I rejected the tanks and uh, told the Indians they had to make some new ones. And uh, so that started off the, uh, uh, the long four and a half months that I was there instead of a month just to uh, commission a, a brewery. And uh, come to find out, uh, after working with these people in India, the, the uh, engineering company that, that got the contract, uh, they pretty much lied to us in order to get the contract, uh, told us that they'd built breweries before, and, and it was obvious they hadn't. And uh, I don't think they were expecting a, a brewmaster or a brewer or an American to be there uh, to inspect these tanks that they could just dump them onto uh, whatever client they, they had. And uh, so we had a little bit of uh, a tiff going on between me and the uh, vice president or president or whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, we did manage to get two new fermenters out of them and the brew house came and you know it looked like it was in better condition. Uh, but it still had logistical problems. I, uh, I had to, uh, I, for lack of a better term, engineer the, uh, the, the piping system, the, the plumbing, everything that, uh, that ties the various tanks together. Uh, fluid flow is a very important part of, uh, of, of making beer, transferring from one tank to another. And they couldn't even do that. They hadn't, I, I guess they thought we were just going to collect the wort in buckets and pour it into the next tank. So um, I, uh, I, I, I was busy sketching out uh, designs. My, my nephew, who is a uh, uh, senior this year at uh, University of Missouri Rolla, which is like the second most highly rated engineering school in the U.S., um, and he's pretty sharp, and he, he brought his AutoCAD system, and he designed some fermenters for them and told them exactly how to build them. And, uh, you know, we got them done the way that he said, but we've still got problems with them. Oh, yeah, safety. <laughs> I, this, this is the power plant that's, that provides the intermittent uh, fluctuating power to our brewery. <laughs> And that's a, that's a big logistic problem in, in operations alone. It seems to uh, burn out. Oh, yeah, we get visitors. In, in, this is in downtown Kathmandu. This is where Lakpa's father lives, father and mother. And so they come and sit on top of the water tanks. <laughs> but they, they come from the forest back behind there. Uh, on a clear day you, from the brewery, uh, you can see the, uh, the, the Himalayas. That's like Annapurna. Uh, but generally you can't see very far because it's very damp, very humid, and, uh, and there, there's a fair amount of pollution. Uh, the diesel uh, equipment is not maintained to the same standards that we maintain it here. And uh, so they belch out black smoke, and, and so truly there's some smog going on. Uh, every, you know, in, in the mountains, uh, life is a little more difficult, and it, it's very... Uh, agriculturally related. Everybody has a, has a garden, it seems like. And so in the mountains, you have to terrace everything. And I, I was just fascinated with the uh, entrepreneurship uh, and the, uh, uh, the, the, the drive and ambition that, that these people that live there have to uh, create a, a living out of a hillside. And uh, where, where we're located in, in Chitwan, uh, uh, Chainpur, we're flat, and you'll see some pictures in here uh, 
where you'll see flat go right up to the mountains. And we're about one mile away from the start of the uh, Himalaya mountains. And there's three, I'm a geologist, by the way, uh, there's, there's three thrust uh, belts uh, where the Indian subcontinent came and crashing into the, uh, the, the, the Asian uh, continent. And so as it dives down under, it created three thrust belts that run in an east-west nature. Um, and it's the third thrust belt where the uh, Annapurnas and Himalayas and, you know, what we see is the snow-covered peaks, uh, Mount Everest and so forth. They're on the third thrust sheet. We're right in front of the first front, uh, main frontal thrust is what it's called. And there's a lot of conglomerate, a lot of uh, uh, detritus that comes out of the mountains. And uh, where we are located, we, we have a well that's 95 meters deep, you know, 300 plus or minus uh, a, a few feet. Um, and it's all gravel and rock and, and uh, unconsolidated sediments as you go down. Well, we've only scratched the surface of it. There's about 1,500 meters of that stuff that's just shed off of the front of the mountains. And uh, so we've got a pretty abundant water supply. You'll see rivers like this uh, that only flow during the, uh, the monsoon season. And uh, it's, it's so unconsolidated for 1,500 meters down that unless there's a torrential downpour, uh, the rivers just get sucked right down into the gravels. And so you don't see them. Uh, you know, walking grass piles, walking uh, you know wood piles, you see that all the time. That's what I call them. Uh, the, the women get out here and they cut grass and, and uh, take it home to uh, to feed their cattle, their their uh, their sheep, their uh, goats. Yeah, goats are a big part. Uh, and and uh, buffalo, water buffalo. There's some more walking grass. <clears throat> but uh, they come to the brewery and and keep our yard trimmed. <laughs> And, and they do it for free. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that I liked about uh, the area was the agricultural base. I grew up in, in rural Oregon and uh, you know, worked in the hay fields and berry fields. And you know, from the time I was eight years old, I was earning a living picking berries. And they don't allow kids to do that anymore. That's, that's cruel and inhumane, but it gave me some pocket change. <laughs> um, so yeah, rice is a staple of the, uh, the country. And uh, this is mainly rice production. And small plots, and each farmer, you know, acre, two, five acres maybe at the most, and uh, they do it all by hand with a, with a little sickle. Cut it down, lay it down into rows. Um, this part, you know, the culture fascinated me more so than just doing a brewery. I've done breweries many times. Um, and, and then they, they pile it up. I, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the guys whacking on a, on a screen door. Uh, they're, they're, they're knocking the, uh, the seeds out of the, you know, what, what is that called? Yeah, well, no, I mean the process. Threshing. Yeah, they're threshing. And uh, here's some, oh, here they are. They're at it. They're, they're whacking away. I mean, it's very manual labor. Uh, we'll see uh, some pictures in here. Well, there's, there's the main frontal thrust and flat ground out in front of it. We're at an elevation of 700 feet. 700 feet. And Nepal with, you know, 29,000 foot uh, Mount Everest. So uh, quite a contrast in, uh, in elevations. And this is my favorite picture. Um, 
it shows the contrasts uh, from a tractor in the background. I didn't even see that tractor when I took that picture. I was so focused on the guy with the oxen and the plow doing it the way we used to do it 100, 150 years ago here in this country. And uh, yeah, what? It, that that I'm I'm two inches from that goat. That's a baby goat. So. <laughs> It was just, I mean, they're, they're cute. They jump around. They, they follow you like puppy dogs and, uh, yeah, neat little animals. Um, you know, one of the other things about Nepal, uh, rice is the staple, mainly a vegetarian diet uh, with uh, a lot of eggs. Uh, the uh, Chitawan area, uh, chain pour especially, is uh, known as the basket of the egg. Is that correct? The basket of the egg. They grow more chickens in Nepal in this area than anywhere else. And uh, we'd we'd go down to the uh, uh, chop shop, uh, chicken shack. I called it chop shop, but uh, and you'd get a fresh chicken. And uh, if if they didn't have one already uh, to go, they had a little cage sitting next to the to the sh uh, shack, and they'd grab one out, take it in the back. I called the cage death row. <laughs> and, and they'd give you a warm chicken, you know, all plucked and ready to go. And, oh, my goodness, that was the best chicken I've ever eaten in my life. And uh, we made a lot of chicken fajitas while I was there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I taught them a little bit how to, how to cook something other than uh, dalbat. Yeah, dalbat, I, I got tired of dalbat, even though I do like it. Uh, you, nobody likes to be force-fed anything. <laughs> but dalbat is rice and lentils. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I, my canine teeth were, were highly neglected while I was there. And, and, and you can't have beef. There's, there's no beef on the menu um, because of the, uh, the Hindu influence from India. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're a god or a deity, and you don't, don't eat your god. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, maybe I should uh, express some of my feelings here about beef. You know, I love beef. But, <laughs> but, you know, we used to raise our own and butcher our own when I was a kid. Um, but when I uh, came back from Nepal, my pants didn't fit. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd lost an inch from my summer uh, waistline. I, I have a, a winter waistline when I don't ride my bike and a summer waistline that are an inch different. I was an inch down from my summer waistline, and I blame it all on the lack of beef. So... <laughs> Uh, if, if anybody wants to lose weight, give up beef. That's, that, that, that's been my experience. Anyway, yeah, here's, here's how they build um, brick walls. This was one of the things that aggravated me. I couldn't teach them how to build a proper brick wall. Uh, first of all, this is a brand new building. This is under construction. And the way they do it, it makes it look old to begin with. And they don't use lime in their mortar mix. They just use sand and cement. And uh, it makes it very brittle and uh, sets up very quickly. And so you can actually knock the bricks off pretty easily uh, if you're, you're around the construction. And so, you know, I, <clears throat> part, of, part of what uh, aggravated me was, you know, I couldn't get them to do it the American way. I couldn't get anybody to do it the American way. And Janine finally hit me over the head, my wife. And, and told me, Charlie, you're not in America. You're in Nepal. You can't Americanize them. <laughs> so, so my blood pressure went down when I realized that. And, 
and quit being so stressed and went along with the flow and went, okay, maybe someday we'll make beer. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, here I was inside a tank, uh, examining the, 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 the cruddy welding. Yeah, and these are the tanks that, that came off. And, and the kids are all curious, curious about what we're doing there. And want, they, they obviously know we're, we're American, and they want to try out their English that they're learning in, in school on, a, on us. And so uh, very easy to make friends over there. And I was, I was just charmed endlessly by the, by the kids, by the people, uh, by the culture. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing experience. Uh, but you have to remember you're not American <laughs> over there. You can't bring your American routine and, and expectations to a foreign country like Nepal. So once that's done, you understand how to get things done. And, uh, but still, getting some construction done right with those bricks. Oh, yeah, you like our forklift? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen a forklift in uh, Nepal. <laughs> so we... We, we, we sherpa the equipment off of the trucks <laughs> and, and, and just hustle it around. Yeah, that, that's part of the, uh, uh, the, the logistics problems. Sourcing materials is, is difficult, and I'm probably taking up too much time. Uh, we, we couldn't, you know, unless you knew exactly where to go, you couldn't find a screw or a nail. Uh, and, and a lot of our time was taken up in searching all of the shops and you know, the shops are about half the size of this room. Uh, and they line the streets in all of the cities, uh, Kathmandu included. And you have to drive around and see what's in all of these shops and stop at the ones that look interesting that might have something that you could use. And so that's, that, that was a big bit of our time was procuring parts. No Home Depot. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, this is, this is uh, some of my engineering work, uh, uh, plumbing the, uh, the brewery together to make sure that everything worked. And all of these valve handles with the blue knobs on them, they can be replaced in the future and replaced with pneumatic valves and then controlled with a PLC uh, console so that we won't have to go around and throw all those handles uh, when we want fluid to go to a different spot. Here we are laying the main line uh, for the electricity, uh, intermittent, underpowered, fluctuating <laughs> electricity that we pay for, and we still have to have a generator on location uh, as a backup or supplemental uh, power. And this is our canning line depalletizer. That's Ferba, that's Lakpa's younger brother. He's the one with the bar in Lukla. And notice the safety shoes, the hard hat, and the goggles. <laughs> And, and, yeah, because they grow everything locally, uh, farm to table is, that's how they live there. And so you can go to the market and you get stuff that's just been picked that day. And it was, I mean, like a, like a farmer's market. You, uh, you take fresh food home and you, you cook it up. And just delicious. I mean, it's, it's nothing better than fresh. So anyway, I've probably taken up enough time, and hey, cool. I'll. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll
we'll take a quick break for some beer or a snack or whatever else you need, and we'll come back for a Q&A. So don't go away. We're going to bring up our speakers here for a little Q&A and uh, some show and tell as well. So Charlie and Lockbutt, come on up. So this is the beer that we brewed in Nepal. Uh, it took almost four years to brew this. And when I see a can at the end, I'm kind of upset with the beer. It took so much more energy and so much more work to make one beer. And there are so many things that could go wrong to make this beer. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, you can open. You can taste. We have, uh, we have uh, eight, eight packs here, so not, not, not too many cans here, but you can share. Right? Sure. Yeah. Question. Yes, uh, Chirwan National Park. Uh, they have rhinos and tigers and elephants. Um, in fact, uh, my wife had her birthday while we were there together, and we went on an elephant ride for her birthday. Wow. Oh, how fun! I have a question for you. Charlie, if you could implement one cultural influence from the Nepalese culture that could be adopted for the U.S., Work ethic. <laughs> no, the, and, and let me delve into that a little bit. That's mainly construction. Um, no, not a U.S. to No, Oh, bringing Nepalese. Oh, okay. Okay. Since I can't Americanize the, the you can, Nepalese. You can do both, but I'd like to know if there's something that you learned in Nepal that completely changed your, your view on how we do things in America that you would like to implement here, what would it be? That's a really, really tough question. Um, it probably would have to do with, with fresh food and, uh, and, and fresh chickens. Is it all Nepalese ingredients? No. I, in fact, uh, the, that's probably German malt and uh, German hops. Maybe some Czech hops in there, too. In fact, we... In Nepal, we, we import our, our malt and hops from Germany. Uh, they don't grow good malting barley in India. Uh, it's not grown in Nepal. Uh, the closest country that has uh, the kind of barley that we need to have for, for malting barley is uh, probably Australia. And I know there is some Australian uh, two-row barley that comes into Nepal to some of the other breweries. Preston. Uh, it's uh, hot and humid in the summertime, uh, and the, things don't seem to grow so well when it drops down into the 40s. Uh, I mean, the mustard would grow, and mustard greens, that's what they considered spinach. Um, but I, it hops, we... Lockpaw can tell you about some of the hops because he planted some hops out there. And first year, 
they grew some pretty good bushes, but small cones. And it takes three years to grow a viable crop. But because it's humid, I suspect we'll have some downy mildew or, or some other uh, mold uh, infect those hops. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure you can get sprays for this type of thing out of uh, anywhere in, in, in Nepal. Uh, yeah, sulfur dust might work the best of anything. But, and, and I'm sure you can get that. Question. Well, we make it at Golden City Brewery, um, under contract to Sherpa Brewery. Um, by the way, I don't know if anybody noticed my my shirt. It's uh, you know, I try to wear this wherever I go, but I'm I'm not a man of many hats. I'm a man of many shirts. <laughs> Tattoo? That would be my black eye from uh, conversing with the Indians. Is there any way to implement the rice that you saw being produced into a beer? I don't know. I know uh, we, we use the rice hulls so that the uh, grain bed doesn't stick on us in, in the mash tun. But uh, no, we don't use rice because it, that dilutes the flavor of the beer. Rice adds no flavor, it just adds glucose that goes straight to alcohol and leaves no flavor. And so our goal is to make, you know, like we do at Golden City Brewery, all malt beers that uh, have a fuller flavor, more body, more mouthfeel. And that's what we're trying to introduce to the Napoli people. How much time did you spend there? And what are the trips like? Because I, I know Locke was gone for a long time, and you see him again. And oh. Like a year and it's back. Well, I was there for four and a half months. Yeah. And the flight over is uh, 30 to 36 hours, depending on your stopovers. Sometimes Wanda, maybe a lot longer. <laughs> is, your, uh, is your construction finished? I, pretty much. We've, we've still got some small things to do. Um, but, you know, the major construction is done. I'll give you all the Uh, right now we have uh, about uh, altogether ten people, about ten people, uh, four of uh, four people uh, in the in the brewery, and maybe about six people outside the brewery working on administration and management work and doing the marketing and stuff like that. We're, we're not around a large population center, so um, you know, we're, we're hoping to, to cash in on some of the tourist traffic that goes to uh, Chitwan National Park and uh, try to get them to come by the brewery. But, yeah, that's in the future plans. Swim, swimming pool and the whole thing. Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that is a very good question. Uh, my brother, who is already in Nepal, uh, he's the main person to manage the brewery there. And uh, 
Uh, we do a lot of talking back and forth on um, on Skype, on phone, on message messages. Uh, but my brother uh, is the main person to handle everything over there, and he and he is capable of handling uh, managing the brewery. Uh, I was the, there mainly for the construction part. Uh, we didn't hire uh, any uh, kind of like a contractor. We were like our own contractor. So we pretty much I was there just for the construction phase. And now that the construction phase is almost done and my brother is taking more for the business management part. Well, the road system uh, is is not maintained real well, and uh, we're a hundred miles from Kathmandu, and it takes uh, five to six hours to get there, depending on how many uh, fatalities have been uh, recorded that day on the highway. I, it seems like every other time I went, we got held up by traffic because of uh, accidents, crashes, and and whatnot. And the people drive hey, differently than we drive here. Uh, a, a, a white line down the center of the road is maybe not even a suggestion. I mean, <laughs> people people drive wherever there's an open passage, and uh, the, every everybody on the is on the highways. There aren't very many highways. I mean, the main east-west road is called the east-west highway, and I, everything's out there: bicycles, pedestrians, motorcycles. I, I didn't get into the uh, transportation into things, that, but that thoroughly fascinated me. Uh, Three-wheeled bicycles with a, a flatbed on the back becomes a truck, and people start hauling stuff and making money that way. You know, they're all entrepreneurs because they have to be. There isn't, you know, what is it, uh, the unemployment rate, 40, 50 percent? Uh, maybe 60 percent. Maybe 60 percent? Yeah. So uh, people have to do what, what they can to get by. You know, any any time they can make a little money, they're 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 off doing it. And uh, I, we, with an attitude like that, I think they could become Americanized for fairly easily. Uh, but they they need to have a system in which to work, uh, and I maybe a little more guidance uh, if you know the independence wouldn't get in the way. You know, the individual independence wouldn't get in the way of, of, of guiding the personalities. So are you building quite a market there? A lot of people drinking your beer? Not yet. You know, we're, we're, we've canned the first batch, and uh, we, we just got approval from the government that it is palatable <laughs> and, and that it's okay to distribute. And the next thing we need to do is find distributors. Uh, but everybody wants to distribute our beer because they'll make some money off of it. And uh, we just have to be careful about who we select to be the distributor that they will actually do the job we want them to do. Uh, we have a three-tier system here, manufacturer, uh, distributor, and then a retailer. And uh, there they've got uh, Manufacturers, uh, distributors, the wholesaler, and then uh, the retailer. Retailer, yeah. They have one more tier than what we have. So what we're trying to do is uh, eliminate the wholesaler, and so uh, just the distributor, and then goes down to the retail label. Yeah. 
by, you mean for our beer? Yeah. It, you, well, in Nepal. Um, uh, Janine, do you remember? Yeah, we're going to sell it for $30 a case. Was that what you would, we decided? About 30 bucks a case for 12 16-ounce or, or half-liter cans. And, and 88, well, no, 44 cents of that is tax. Uh, it's a lot higher tax than we pay here in America. And um, government needs money, and, you know, with less than half the people working, there's not a big tax base. So they, they nail industry. They, they nail business people. Oh, they, they test it for uh, zinc and copper and iron and, and uh, coliform bacteria, other bacteria. Uh, of course, ours had none, which that's what we hope. <laughs> and uh, alcohol content, you know, things that are measurable. Oh yeah, the the people in Chainpur are very excited about uh, uh, being the brewery there. Uh, in fact, when we were looking for the land all over the country, the people of that village uh, particularly worked really hard to arrange this land for us, and so they were very welcoming to us, and uh, they're very happy that we're there, and they're very happy that that uh, they get the job, the employment, uh, the, the other 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 uh, opportunity that uh, brewery brings to the community, uh, and so. Uh, uh, the people are very, very happy. And uh, uh, more importantly, we wanted to, uh, our, our, our future objective, our goal is try to uh, produce the hops that are needed for the beers in Nepal. We try to, our future vision is that we want to produce the hops in the country. Uh, because Nepal is a, uh, uh, like agricultural agricultural country, and uh, the re- uh, and uh, that's the reason I brought the roots, hop roots from here, and we planted up in the mountain where we we came from, and didn't do very well. But then we trans- uh, transplanted down in Chiron area, and it did pretty good. But uh, it grew really good. Uh, uh, but then uh, we're trying to, uh, you know, co-op with the farmers there, trying to grow the hops so that they don't have to import from German. And we have uh, three, uh, five or six different breweries. They all import from uh, other countries. And our goal is eventually try to see if we can uh, sustain uh, in, in Nepal. And so same, same like that for the, for the malt. Uh, we have lots of uh, uh, barley and wheat grows in the country, but we don't have any malting facilities in the country. And so our uh, goal maybe hopefully in some day is try to produce the malt in Nepal so that the other breweries don't need to import from India and Australia and German. So that is our ultimate goal, but we don't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Barley. Barley, wheat, yes. I mean, is that something that we can 
right here and be like, that release Marley and importing something out of their culture to your culture to just across over here? Uh, we, we don't have barley that grows in Nepal. Uh, and if it was, it would be what's commercially available worldwide. Yeah, so there's no indigenous barley to Nepal. There's, there's other uh, herbaceous substances that are native to Nepal <laughs> that, that are legal in Colorado. That could be used yeah. in Colorado. I don't know if that's your business market. <laughs> Right, they're illegal there in, in Nepal, however. You can't even pick the wild stuff. <laughs> Preston. Yeah, beer tastes great. I'm a fan of GCB as well. Uh, so you brought this recipe over there. How long did it take you to, to train a brewer? Or do you have one that... Uh, we, we, we imported one that worked for me at uh, Tommyknocker. Okay. <laughs> And uh, he worked for us for six months. He's training uh, uh, Ferba's brother-in-law to uh, take over the brewing operations. And we weren't able to do as many brews as we wanted because of, uh, you know, equipment problems, equipment-related problems. And uh, we're, we're, we're going, you know, we're addressing that now. Uh, we, we, we can't produce continuously. Uh, because of the equipment problems we have. So uh, once that's taken care of, I, hopefully we'll be able to start cranking on this system. Did you start talking about this? I co-founded it, yeah. Really? Cool. One more question. What is your market over there? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the two big markets are the big tourist towns, uh, Pokhara and uh, Lukla. And that's where... You know, the, the big treks start off, as in those two towns. And all of the, uh, uh, the, the Himalayas, or the, uh, the Everest climbers, have to fly into Lukla. And they're, they're rich Europeans for the most part. I, I don't know if the Chinese are in there yet or not. Yeah, they're starting to come. Okay, the Chinese are starting to come, and Americans. And they, they all have a, a, a taste for better beers than the local... Uh, what I call rice beers, forty percent rice and sixty percent uh, six-row barley, which six-row barley grows in in India, and it's a pretty harsh grain, and that's why it needs to be diluted with something that has no flavor. <laughs> We're gonna have to close down for the sake. Yeah.